0: Hey, Coach Arlen here. What do Walt Disney, Andrew Carnegie, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Edison, and FDR all have in common? They shared one secret that propelled them to achieve remarkable success. They each belonged to a mastermind group. If you've never experienced the power of a mastermind group, now is your opportunity. Join my business success mastermind group today. New cohorts are starting soon. To learn more, go to ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. The Courage to Lead, episode 227.
1: You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast.
0: Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having an exceptional week. I'm having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Luke Andrews. Luke Andrews is a real estate entrepreneur who sells, leads, and invests. He's a best-selling author who has purchased 40 rental properties before turning 40 and has a passion for changing people's lives through real estate. Luke, welcome to the program. Coach Harlan, I am
1: pumped to be here.
0: You care if I call you coach? No, absolutely. You You know, I'm actually started going uh, when i go through drive throughs or something like that go to starbucks can i have a name please yeah it's calling coach so i do that all over town so yeah no worries good stuff so real estate agent leader investor author speaker business coach what do you do in your spare time man i uh, you know i
1: coach my kids in just about every activity and sport under under the sun so and you know and i i try to squeeze in 15 20 minutes a day to sleep
0: <laughs> yeah I hear you. No, that's good. Love coaching the little kids. That's awesome. To see them grow and to see the the little lights come on, you know, when they when they realize, oh, we can do this, you know. Yep. Very cool. Good stuff. All right. I want to talk about all that stuff, how you got your start, how you got to where you are. But before we get started, I've got 10 questions that I ask every one of my guests. Now, my listeners know these are the questions made famous on the TV show inside the actor studio, where the host James Lipton asks these same questions of his Hollywood guests from TV, film and stage. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, you're certainly good enough for my guests. So Luke, if you're ready, 10 questions. Let's, let's go. All right. All right. Question number one, what is your favorite word? Ooh, my favorite word is probably dream. Nice. What is your least favorite word? Can't. What turns you on? Ooh, uh, seeing someone reach their potential. Nice. What turns you off? Seeing someone waste potential. Yeah. What sound or noise do you love? Uh, hearing my kids laugh. Nice. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, hearing them scream at each other. <laughs> my mom used to say the silence.
1: Yeah. And she knew that the, the silence was is, is, is yeah. it's
0: tough. It's like, <laughs> what in the world are they doing? Exactly. Scheming. All right. Uh, question seven, what is your favorite curse word? Ooh, uh,
1: you know, it It probably rhymes with BAMIT.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Ooh, either stand-up comedian or professional golfer. Nice. We may talk about that more. That's awesome. Uh, what profession would you not like to do? Oh professional hunter.
1: You know, I'm not, I'm not, not against the hunting piece of it, but it's, it's the getting up early and sitting quiet in the cold that I just not, just not, not a fan of. Never, never drawn, never been drawn to it.
0: Okay. All right. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Ah, you were, you were everything I created you to be. Nice. Good job. Well, you're well on your way, man. Just looking at your, your resume, some of the things you've done. So yeah. All right. We're going to take a short break. I want to come back, talk about how you got your start, um, how you got into real estate, how you got to where you are today, who you work with and how you help them. And uh, at some point we're going to transition into courage and leadership, right? right? So listeners, we're going to talk about all that and probably more right after this. So stick with us. Well, you don't have to imagine any more. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Luke Andrews. Luke, thanks again for taking time out to uh, to talk to us today. You you sound like you're a busy guy I and mean, you got a lot of stuff going on, uh, but you had a varied career before you got into real estate. Tell me about that. What were you doing? So I was actually in the corporate world.
1: Um, I was in strategic marketing and data analytics. Um, and it was all about essentially just, I, I ran a team that built ad campaigns for pharmacies. And so, I mean, I like to jokingly say I, I sold drugs for a living legally, <laughs> but um you know, I was just, I, I was in that corporate world in that nine to five, that rat race. And, you know, it wasn't that it was, it was bad. I just, you know, always felt like there was, there was this hole, you know, something that was, that was missing. And I always felt constricted by that corporate box. Like I couldn't go out and just build whatever I wanted to build,
0: you know, yeah. do whatever I wanted to do. I always had someone to answer to. Yeah. I mean there's some creativity involved in it, but sure you're right. Sure. You've got the constraints. Yeah. Now, did that background, did that help you in real estate, the marketing aspect? It, it did. And so
1: I it was something that that I leaned into, you know, something somebody told me early on in real estate was figure out what your only statement is. You know, what are you the only one that's that's doing? Mm-hmm. And so I I noticed by you know following real estate people on social media and YouTube and talking to and interviewing a lot of successful agents, they were all pitching the marketing that they do. Um, You know, how, you know, I'm putting your house here and here and here and here. And they were all talking about, you know, it it was really what I call a a passive approach, which was just, I'm going to put a sign in the yard and I'm going to put it on Facebook and I'm going to put it on the MLS and Zillow. And I'm going to wait for people to come in. I'm going to toss out my line and just wait for a fish to bite. And so I really leaned into that and said, you know, I'm going to take more of an active approach. With my background in strategic marketing and data analytics, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to build the avatar of who's going to buy your home. Mm. You know, I'm going to figure out who is going to buy your home and who their direct contacts are. And we are going to build ads that specifically target those people. Now, we're going to do all the other things that everybody else is doing, but we are the only ones that are
0: going to take this additional step, which is going to allow us to sell your
1: home faster and for more money, so.
0: Yeah, that's the commodity stuff, the thing that everybody else is doing, right? Yeah. So that's like table stakes almost. Everybody's doing that. So yeah, I'll do that too. But here's what's going to set me apart. That's right. So you actually looked at the demographics in of the area where their house was to understand who Mm -hmm. the people were that might want to move into that area.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I really, and I mean, we just, and it was more just, I mean, just very, just kind of, kind of basic stuff. And I mean, we, again, we still went broad, but we also went very deep and, and very targeted um, just trying to, and what I would always say is we're not only going to get as many eyeballs on your house as we can, we're going to get the right eyeballs. Um, because more eyeballs on, on the ads means more people in the door, more people in the door means more offers, which means that we get to control more of the price and the terms.
0: Nice. Very cool. So what was it about real estate that drew you in
1: uh, well, I like to say that real estate kind of found me, um, uh, okay. in a sense of, so my, my wife was in real estate. She was, she was a real estate agent and, you know, I'm, I'm commuting back and forth from downtown to the suburbs every day. And she said, you know, she said, if you had your license, as just a part-time agent. You could stop and show houses on your way home and she wouldn't have to go out during rush hour. Um, and so it was just it was a time in my life where I was looking for a new challenge and I was like, okay, you know, I'll get my license part-time. You know, it's I got to go take a 90-hour a course, and which was again just a new kind of challenge for me. And man, as soon as I started, I just fell in love with it. And I said, How can I do more of this? Um, my wife and I, we're the rare couple that we actually enjoy working together. Um, and so we we sat down and we said, Okay, we want to make this work. So we needed to put together a transition plan moving from the corporate world because her being in real estate, you know, she doesn't have a salary. She doesn't have benefits. She doesn't have a pension, you know, 401k, any of that stuff. I had all of that in the corporate world. And so we had to we had to create this transition plan. So we created a 24 month transition plan of how I would move out of real estate or I'm sorry, out of the corporate world and gradually into more and more real estate to transition over fully. And then we had a 24 month plan of once I was in full time, of you know what does that next 24 months look like as, as we're getting it up and running? Um, nice. I will tell you the first 24 months we knocked that out in 10 months. We we okay. checked off every box that we needed to. We were done in 10. Now the next 24 months that you know we had planned on were every bit as hard as we had imagined, if if not harder.
0: Yeah, I hope listeners, you guys are taking notes because there are a lot of people who want to transition from their corporate jobs into their side hack, right? They want to start doing something else, doing things for themselves. Most of them don't put together a plan. They don't sit down and think through everything it's going to take to do that. And I, I love the fact that you you took time to actually put out the plan and then it achieved it early. That's mm-hmm. what planning helps you do. You see the opportunities and take advantage of it. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, I appreciate it. Um, and then you, uh, I heard on another podcast you were on, you talked about, uh, you got into investing in kind of a unique way. Most people go and build one property at a time. Mm-hmm. You had a different, a different uh, deal with that, right? What happened? I, I did.
1: Um, so a guy that I worked with in the, in the corporate space, you know, we're just talking one day, having, having lunch, and, uh, you know, we were both talking about real estate investing. And this was before I had even planned to get my license. And so we were like, you know, we really should just kind of partner up together and go go find a property to buy. And so we we built a little business plan together and we, we had this plan in place of, there was an up and coming neighborhood and we were at a time where you could still find a fixer upper, you know, not a complete tear down, complete gut, but definitely needed quite a bit of work, mm-hmm. but you could buy it for about $20,000 and put some work into it. And so the plan was to pay cash, do the work ourselves and then kind of get this up and running as a rental and then gradually kind of build through that. And so we, we had been looking, I mean, like we were scouring, looking for that, for that right property. And, you know, it was something we we were passionate about. And so we were telling everybody that we knew. Um, and so he's, he's at dinner at his girlfriend's parents' house and they have some friends over and they're like, well, you know, what do you do? And, he tells him kind of the, the line of work he's in, but he said, I'm, I'm really passionate about real estate investing. I Me and a buddy, we're working together. We're going to find this property. and kind of goes through the, the whole business plan. And they said, well, interestingly enough, we own a fair number of properties and we're actually looking to liquidate and retire and move out of state. Um, so we have these 13 properties if you'd like to buy them. And he was like, that's, that's great. Well, let's go take a look at him. We'll pick We'll pick one out that we like. And they were like, no, 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 no. It's, It's 13 or it's none. Um, Now, we didn't know the first thing about anything. Um, He brought it to me, I could analyze the deal. I knew it was a really good deal and I knew that we needed to be a part of it, but we had no way to buy 13 properties and you know we didn't know anything about that and so what we did is we found smart people that we knew who had bought a lot of rentals in the past asked them to look at the deal for us tell us hey what are we missing and just really like hey if you were in our shoes what would you do Um, and eventually one of them said well if i were you i would bring on another financial partner to help out and he said and i'd like to be that partner and so it was like great so He and his business partner had an LLC and myself and my buddy, we were going to be an LLC and we were, you know, each LLC was going to have 50% ownership. The problem was we still didn't have enough for 50% of the down payment for the 13 units. And so, I mean, it was just like, we just kept running into roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And finally, I just thinking outside the box, because I knew this was a deal that we couldn't pass up I went to the other group and I said, hey, you guys obviously have enough cash. You could do this deal without us. Um, It doesn't sound like you want to, you wanna bring us along, you wanna help us out. I said, what if we put up everything that we can, you all cover our shortfall. We'll still be 50-50 partners, but we're going to have to hire a property manager anyway. Why don't I do the property management? Why don't I do the management? We won't have to pay an outside source. I'll manage it at a, on a schedule of you know, a, a percentage of, you know, hey, 10% of the rents I collect will go towards working off that debt. We're 50-50 partners from the beginning, but don't have to bring all the cash. So that did a couple of things for us. One, it just got us in the game. Um, two, property managing that, we learned so much so fast, and it just allowed us to scale so quickly and it was about an 18 month time frame is what it should have taken us to pay back um, the money that we were short. We actually were able to do it in seven months uh, because we were able to raise the rents enough and do enough things and build enough equity through there. And then we had built enough equity by raising the rent that we were able to refinance those, pull some cash out and buy another big package of properties. And so all of a sudden we were looking at buying just one and turning one to two and two to four we bought 13 and 13 turned to 30 and then 30 turned to 40 and it just it really snowballed but we had to really think outside the box and we really had to persevere to try to keep this deal alive
0: very cool so you guys are still partners then on the additional
1: I am homes? still partners with my original partner we have since okay. parted ways with with the other group um you know we we decided we, we were just going to part at a, at a certain point that our goals, visions, and values didn't necessarily line up any longer. And it was probably best just to, just to go our separate ways. Um, but I mean, I, I can't tell you how much I learned
0: from them and you know, just how beneficial it was in the beginning. Nice. So did you end up buying them out or did they buy you out or what happened to those properties you shared?
1: Uh, So what we did is we ended up just selling those off and then we all just kind of each took our profits and then we went
0: and rebuilt our portfolio on our own. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. My wife and I were traveling on vacation um, and we were in Greece with several other couples uh, through a tour group that we'd gone with. And one of the guys kept getting text messages on his phone. It's like, what's going on? And he said, well, I'm getting ready to sell my properties. He goes, over the years, I've accumulated a lot of rental properties and he did basically the same thing. Somebody said, I'm, I'm looking to liquidate. Do you want to buy them? He would buy those houses. Mm-hmm. He ended up having like 138 somewhat houses all around you know, the Southeast and stuff. And uh, yeah, he sold them all while we were on vacation.
1: Like, that's, you know, that, that's one way to pay for the trip, uh, right?
0: Absolutely, several times over. Yeah, it was great. So do you have a niche market that you work in as far as the, the property that you sell? as a real estate agent do you, are you doing high end stuff are you doing starter homes what are you doing
1: you know i i do a little bit of everything i mean to be honest i'm trying to produce less and less because i i do have a i have a team of 21 agents um so i'm producing less and less however the the clients that i still work with are either closely held friends and family um or i like working with investors especially newer investors kind of showing them Showing them the ropes because I had someone great who showed me the ropes along the way, and I feel it's important to kind of pay that forward. Um, And so what I've done is I've just tried to really just put together, hey, here are the mistakes that I made. You need to go off and make your own mistakes. Learn from the ones that I made, um, but go off and and kind of make make your own. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody once said,
0: learn from other people's mistakes because you'll never live long enough to make them all yourself. (laughs)
1: that's, that is amazing. I've never heard that, but that's, that's that's fantastic. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Learn from someone else. Any chance you get, I mean, school hard knocks, doing it yourself, falling down, getting back up. Yes. You're going to learn, but if you can actually get a mentor, somebody like that to kind of walk you through, here's what to think about how to think about those things coming up with that deal to, to bridge the, the gap that you had was, was awesome. That's not always something somebody can think about, but if you're working with a mentor, you're working with a coach, a lot of times they'll say, have you considered, Here's an option. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Very cool. Um, so on your website, you've got a lot of courses that you have online. Are those courses you created?
1: Uh, they are. So it was you know it was my way of just trying to really scale the knowledge that I have from both a real estate perspective, an investment perspective, and then just a an overall negotiation perspective, you know, areas that that I feel that I've perfected over the years. And and so what I did was, you know, how can I get this message out more broadly? And so the um, the courses were were by far the the best way to do that.
0: Nice. And are those for the agency I'm working for you, or are they open to anybody? Can anybody? They're
1: they're really open. They're open to anybody. Um, you know, real estate, uh, mortgage, insurance, financial advisors. Those tend to be my my primary clients for the courses. Um, some of them are very real estate specific. Um, But, you know, there are some that are just a a little more general, again, just kind of sales and negotiation oriented um, and really try to take some of my uh, strategic and statistical backgrounds and pair that with the the sales skills that I've got and try to mesh that together to create something that's a little simpler for everybody to go through. Um, And a lot of it is really just geared around how do we deal with difficult conversations and difficult situations. So many people are so afraid of confrontation or so afraid of delivering bad news. You know, we can set ourselves apart just by, just by leaning into that. You don't even have to be good at it. Just by doing it, you're putting yourself ahead of 90% of the other people that are out there. So if you can even get remotely decent at it, um, th- there's no limit to where you can go. And that's what I've tried to do is try to create small, simple programs and systems to allow people to kind of work with through any situation that they've
0: got. Excellent. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, the difficult conversations people want to shy away from, mm-hmm. like you're missing out on an opportunity, right? Um, I've got clients that have problem employees, you know, not showing up, not doing the work they're supposed to do, lying about the work that they're doing, right? Yeah. Signing off on things that aren't actually done correctly and stuff. You have to have those difficult conversations, and yeah, it's it's tough, but that's the only sure. way to get through it. And you know, we're always taught, right? The customer is always right. Well, not necessarily. Customer no. could be making a huge mistake, and you have to be willing to step in and say, "Look, I know this. It's tough coming, you know, for me, but I have to tell you, I think you're making a mistake here." And yeah. they do appreciate it. They do appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about courage. On the program, we talk about different types of courage uh, that leaders tap into, and uh, where do you find the courage to leave the nine to five to create your own success? Where do you find the courage to overcome? The setbacks, like the divorce, bankruptcy, failures, illness, whatever it happens to be. How about you? Where did you find the the courage to leave the nine to five to create this business, and then especially going into the property management and the investing that could be scary for some people? Where did you find that courage? Well, you know,
1: it's it's kind of a, a couple of different ways. One, I think you have to find somewhere that, that you've got a passion towards, right? And if you've got somewhat of an aptitude around it, you know, kind of that that intersection of where passion and aptitude meet. Um, in, and I had both of those from a real estate perspective. Um, so you, you've got that passion, which kind of put that big goal in mind. Um, but then at the end of the day, I also having that plan behind it. Um, you know, I pre-mapped out, I knew there were going to be some hard times. I knew it was going to be difficult. Um, you know, I, I told you, everybody kind of focuses on that 24 months of transitioning out of the corporate role into real estate. It was really more about the 24 months once I've moved over full time. Um, you know, I knew the first six months were going to be easy. I mean, the first six months you're running on adrenaline. Um, everything is exciting. Even when you get kicked in the teeth, it's like, Hey, I'm out here. I'm living it. I'm doing it. Um, you know, months seven through 12, you know, they're starting to get a little bit tougher. Months 12 through 24 are really, really hard. So you have to have courage and faith in that plan that you've created. Um, and then you have to be able to see that end goal that's in mind, because you need to get through that 24 months to be able to know that, that you're going to make it. And that's, I think, the reason, and not saying that people don't have some, some good reasons for it, but if they don't have that proper that plan properly laid out. That's why so many businesses fail in the first two to three years is Mm -hmm. they don't have it. They don't have those expectations. They think, oh, well, it's just going to be it's going to be hard for the first six months. And that's the fun time anyway, that when it actually gets hard and it's not so fun anymore, that's when people tend to turn around and and tuck tail and run. Um, But having that plan in place and then that goal and that vision for the future, um, those really kept me driving and going.
0: Nice. Now with your uh, agency, I'm working for you. Do you sit down with them and help them put together a plan? Because I know I I sold real estate several times and nobody did. I had a little office cubicle, the first place I worked, and I loved going in there every day and sitting by the phone waiting for it to ring. Nobody said, hey, you have to get out there. You know, you have to go out and do things. Do you sit with your, your agents and help them put together a plan?
1: We do. Um, so we we get together once a year to kind of build the plan for the upcoming year to where we review the prior year, build the plan the upcoming year. And then we get together, um, you know, I'm always available on an as needed basis. But I mean, we, we try to formally get together once a month, you know, usually they're traveling or something else. And it ends up being about once every other month just to check in on progress. Um, but, you know, when I, it was a, it was difficult in the beginning. So in the beginning, it was like, all right, well, we we need systems in place. I need to have a solid plan for everybody as we're onboarding and where they're going through. And everybody at 30 days needs to be at point A and at 60 days at point B and 180 days at point C. Um, you start to realize that not everybody has the same goals um, yeah. and not everybody has the same drive and work ethic. And that doesn't make them a bad agent or a bad employee or a bad anything. It just means that they're just they're different than you. Um, and, you know, teams can't just be made up of A players. They've got to have some Bs and some Cs in there as well. And so once we we kind of created some general frameworks and guidelines so that we weren't just completely individualized for everybody, but then started kind of managing on a on a one-to-one basis, and really kind of what we did is we picked almost like six paths that people could take. And, you know, I've got a plan for each path. And once we can identify where they're at, it makes it a little bit simpler. Um, But making sure that we're having regular touch bases and check-ins to, you know, A, help them out with any challenges and roadblocks they're coming up against. But B, calling them on their own BS, you know, helping them understand like, oh, you know, I I did this and I did this and it's not working. It's okay. Well, you did those two things in the last 60 days. What else did you do? Mm -hmm. Well, I did those two things. And it was like, okay, well. You know this agent over here, who's very successful, did twelve things, and they're not struggling. So don't you think you need to move more in that direction? And we can kind of help build a specific and tailored
0: plan, but not one that's so specific that it's right. it's difficult to keep up with? I said, get the guidelines. Here's the margins. What can you comfortably do and accomplish? Because you're right. Everybody has different goals. Oh, with my clients, i I'm a private pilot. so, I always use flight analogies and stuff. We talk about the flight plan. Mm-hmm. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? What path are you going to take to get there? And what are the checkpoints along the way to make sure you're on, on your course? Right. Right. So yeah, putting together a plan like that, that's that's cool. Very cool. Um, so where where did that courage come from for you? Oh,
1: I, I mean, for me, the, the courage just came from having the plan. Um, you know, it was just the, that it was something to to fall back on. You know, I I knew like from my my strategic analysis background that the plan in place, I I knew that it would work if I just continued on it. Uh, You know, the old uh, you give me a long enough lever and I can I can move the world. Um, you know, it was kind of that same thing that, you know, there's no unrealistic goals on the, only unrealistic timelines, but having that plan in place really kind of kept me on track and helped me know that there were going to be some times that were difficult. And so that the first sign of trouble, I wasn't ready to, to tuck and run. Um, I had some of those baked in and and ready to go.
0: Nice. Very cool. And you say you've got what, 21 agents working Mm -hmm. for you right now? I do. Very cool. Um, so if I was to bump into any of those agents and ask them what type of leader you are, what would they tell me? What kind of leader are you? Collaborative. You know, nice. we're gonna we're gonna get in. I, I I don't
1: mind getting my hands dirty, and we're gonna come through, and we're gonna we're gonna find some fun, strategic solutions for for problems. And, you know, I I like some of the more challenging, some of the more more meaty issues that come up. To me, it's like it's like a puzzle, and that those are the those are the fun days uh, for me. What do you look for in a leader? In a leader, in if like if I'm going to bring like a sales manager along onto my team, or if I'm looking for someone that's going to lead me,
0: um, either or both.
1: You know, I I'm looking for someone who is who's not timid, um, who's not afraid to speak up, who's not afraid to say the thing that's unpopular. Um it, as long as it's as long as it's true. Um, you know, I, I'm not looking for someone just to spout off crazy random things, just to spout off crazy random things. But if it's right. you know, if it if it's the right call in the right moment, I, I need someone that, that's willing to say that. I need someone that keeps me in check, that's willing to tell me, hey, you're being an ass. Hey, you're wrong. Um, you know, my, my wife does that for me at home, and I think it's fantastic, you know, kind of kind of keeps me in those lines. So it uh but yeah, that, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone who, who is an effective communicator. I think that's, that's one of the most important keys to success. And you know that, that's what I need in a leader. And that's what I need as
0: I bring leaders on who are going to, to help lead, lead the team that, that I'm running. Nice. Yeah, lead, communication and leadership go hand in hand, I think. You can't be mm-hmm. an effective leader if you're not a good communicator. So yeah, totally agree with that. So what's next for you? I mean, you've got all these things that you've already accomplished. What's next? So for me, my next big goal, my next big challenge are doing more keynote
1: speeches. Um, so I you know, I was able to do a few last year and then I've got a goal to be on at a minimum 10 stages in 2023. Um, so I'm one in at this point. So I, I got, a lot, got a little wood to chop, um, <laughs> but I want to be on stages, you know, telling Telling the stories again. How do I have more impact on a larger scale? Um, and for me, being on stage is something that it scares the hell out of me, but it's also makes me feel alive. Um, and since it scares me, I know I need to do it more. But it's just it's something so much so much fun to do. Um, so you know, how can I get in front of more rooms? How do I get on more stages? How do I get in front of more groups? And that's been my my big goal and my big focus for 2023 is taking what I've learned, taking what I've done. And how do I bring that to a stage, to a room, to to a podium, to a group, you know, how can I bring
0: that to more people? Excellent. Yeah. Good job. And in your bio, I think you said you're an author. You have a book mm-hmm. out or.
1: I did. Um, so I've got, I've got a couple, I've got uh, four actually. Um, the first one that ended up on an Amazon bestseller list was almost entirely by accident somebody uh, you know i talked about it i was like you know i was like i'm gonna write a book and somebody was like ah you're you're crazy uh, you know you don't you don't know anything you barely passed english class i mean even if you did write one who's gonna publish it who's gonna do this and i was like all right fine i'll show you and so i just i kind of sat quietly in the dark and i didn't tell anybody i didn't even tell my wife that i'm working on this thing and then all of a sudden i didn't tell anybody until it was published and i could see it on amazon um nice. and It just, I guess that it it just happened to resonate with some people. Um, You know, I've got a disclaimer in the beginning that was like, hey, I write like I talk. So if you're part of the grammar police or the sentence structure, paragraph structure, that kind of stuff, if you're going to get hung up on that, this ain't the place for you. Um, But if you're just looking just for some simple, actionable things that can lead to, you know, a a more impactful, uh, you know, a more... A larger quality of life. Then this is this is probably a, a good a good book for you. Um, and one led to two, and two led to three, and three led to four. And so it's uh, it's 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 been a fun fun journey on that. Very cool. So what's the title of your book? Uh, so the very first one was Small step Sizable Gains. Um, it was all about I was at a time in my life where I was looking to make some changes, and you see all these pundits. And these influencers who say, oh, well, you just need to quit your job and go move across the country and go work for whoever for free for a year. And it'll you'll learn everything you need to know. And I was like, that's fantastic and great advice. But yeah, I'm 30, you know, I've got two kids. I have a mortgage and, you know, the grocery store doesn't accept hugs, you know, good feelings. (laughs) Um, So I was like, there's got to be a way to do to make just small daily changes that actually lead up to these large exponential gains um so that's what i did that one and then i was in a phase of my life and I, I still am i do a lot of journaling and writing and i couldn't find a journal that quite a guided journal that really was exactly what i was looking for and it hit me one day it was like well you know how to self publish something just go create your own and just go get it done so i created a concept i sent it over to somebody on fiverr who for 80 bucks put it together i sent it over to amazon and you know, I just sent it to them more than anything so that they could just print on demand anytime I needed mm-hmm. one and just randomly people find it and I get, I get sales from it. Nice. Um, and then I went into a couple all about just, again, the mistakes that I've made doing things. So it's I've got a couple of free eBooks, one about the mistakes that I made uh, getting started in real estate investing and then also one getting started um, as a real estate agent. Uh, so really just, again, trying to help people avoid some of the mistakes and pitfalls that
0: I've made. Very cool. Good stuff. Um, and then comedy. You want to be a stand-up comedian? I would love it. Uh, have you ever yeah. gone out and to one of the open mic type things where they, they do? I've thought
1: about it. Like I, I've gone so far as even like writing a few jokes and trying to get, I I can't, you know, I, I don't want to say can't. I, I told you earlier that right. that's <laughs> the word that I hate hate the least. I have really struggled getting like a, a set together, even like a, a solid five minutes um, you know, it's like a couple of jokes here and there. And, you know, I, I tend to make people laugh more in the moment, mm-hmm. um, you know, just observations that, that come up, you know, right right in the moment, but it's doesn't necessarily tra- translate to the stand-up side. Um, you know, when my kids get a little bit older and they're a little less dependent, and, you know, I'm not driving them around as much and doing things, I, I may take some time to actually build it. Right now, it's just it's been at the at the bottom of the priority list, even though it's a, a passion and a dream.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, you've got all the dad jokes, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I've I've got I got dad <laughs> jokes for, for days. So it, for uh, days. No, I talked to somebody else who. Uh, that's one thing that she did. She was scared to death of getting up in front of people and talking, even doing a presentation, a sales presentation, whatever it happened to be. So she took a, a course on stand up comedy. And it was nice. you know, uh, a couple of evenings a week, whatever it was and stuff. And at the end of it, you actually went into a comedy club and all your family and friends came and you got up there and did your did your spiel. That's and she fantastic. said it, it changed her because you can immediately build rapport with somebody if you can get them to laugh. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times starting off a speech or something like that, you try to get the audience to laugh a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, she said it gave her all kinds of confidence and everything. And I had a, a friend who was a CFO of a hospital and he went and took... Uh, a stand-up comedy class and it helped him yeah it's awesome very cool good stuff well Luke, this has been awesome i really appreciate your time thanks for uh for coming and talking to us um if people want to get in touch with you they want to find out about you your courses your books everything like that where can they do that what's your website
1: uh lukeandrews.us um or they can always shoot me an email i answer all my own emails i don't have a va doing it but luke at lukeandrews.us um, reach reach out anytime come follow me on LinkedIn what, whatever you want to do I'm I'm happy to connect with anybody and just talk real estate investing, uh, whatever I, I love chatting with people so
0: nice. and your books are available on Amazon are they, uh, they, they are
1: the the last two the the investment book and the real estate agent book. Um, they are digital copies only so 10 agentmistakescom or I'm sorry six agentmistakescom and that's the number six or 10investormistakes.com. And again, the number 10. So 10investormistakes.com and 6agentmistakes.com. Anybody can go download them 100% for free. So
0: nice. Good job. All right. I will make sure all of those links are in the show notes below so people know how to get in touch with you and stuff. So perfect. Thanks again, Luke. Really appreciate it. Um, listeners, hope you guys are taking notes. A lot of good information here. Definitely check out uh, the website, check out the books. And uh, yeah, if you're into investing and stuff, you want to want to learn what to do and what not to do, check with Luke. All right, share this episode with your family, friends, colleagues. Make sure you leave a a review and subscribe to the podcast because that helps. And stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan, saying so long for now.